Welcome all, this is Justin Lomnes, the Lunatic Libertarian Podcast, the place to engage lunatic ideas about freedom, building skill sets, encouraging individual tangible knowledge, self-sufficiency, and engaging all of humanity, regardless of political affiliation, sex, race, color, creed, pronoun, preference, social economic background, or any label, title, or category you choose to affiliate yourself with. We appreciate all the knowledge for the better of all mankind, and we thank you for listening to The Lunatic Libertarian. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is The Lunatic Libertarian, and I have with me a very special guest, The Bootleg Libertarian, a man from Tennessee, a man after the Second Amendment, and I would say a man's man if... uh, a man is a man in this day and age. So, bootleg, how's it going? <laughs> Welcome to the Lunatic Libertarian because I am the lunatic. Well, uh, you're going to catch some shit for that one, but it's worth it, though. I mean, <laughs> if you're not real, you're not real. You know, I mean, everybody's an individual in today's day and age. And I'm sorry, but if you want to be a special individual, be a special individual on your marriage, not by your identity. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you very much for being a guest. I am uh, trying my best to work hard at engaging uh, libertarians from across the spectrum and uh, just letting them uh, express themselves in a in a, in a very uh, open kind of way where, you know, this is not a live broadcast. You don't, you know, there's not a camera in your face. It's just audio and you know, uh, we're going to discuss some things that may be on the lunatic spectrum or not. You know, um, we're all human beings in the end. And that's what I preach on this show is being a human being. Stop getting rid of those labels, titles and categories that separate everybody because not everybody is the same. And I think that's what the founding documents of this country are brought upon. And that's why I think the Libertarian Party has a very strong policy in uh, getting back to those founding documents and letting people be free and be the people that they want to be. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's important to be an individual. I mean, it's it's easy to fall into a crowd, right? Like being being a part of a collective or a crowd's lazy because you don't answer for your actions; you answer for the actions of the collective. And even then, it's the whole collective that takes the uh, the lashing. So, yeah, it's definitely important, man. Well, and I mean, there's a lot of people out here that uh, they talk a big game, but, you know, do they really put in the, uh, the effort, you know, to, to back that game up? And, you know, I'm a person that grew up in an inner city in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and now I live out in a great country where, you know, I have uh, probably like a half mile between myself and my nearest neighbor. So, you know, I have the experience, I think, in... Uh, you know, the world that I, I, I grew up in, a, in a very impoverished lifestyle. And then my, my mother was a cleaner. They cleaned million dollar homes. So I, I was able to see what people could have and what they couldn't have. It just depends on how much work you want to put into it. Yeah. And that is important. I mean, <clears throat> the, the level of effort you put into anything shows and in everything in your life, right? Like you, you may work hard and never be rich, but at the end of the day, it, the people that have, that have earned their paycheck are much more well-rounded and grounded people. Um, you typically don't see people who have worked hard in their life, you know, being complete dicks about everything. 
but then at the end of the day, you know, you, you do earn, you do earn what you earn. And, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's important to, to earn everything in your life. It like, yeah, I mean, the people you like, shit, I got all tangled up now. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, do I need to be uh, rich in material things or can I be rich in knowledge and wisdom? You know, and um, not actually have anything that reflects that other than uh, my house is paid for. I don't owe a bank. My children are raised and they're well taken care of and they didn't have real any hardships in their life other than the ones that I implied on them so that they can grow to be a responsible adult. You know, it's stuff like that that I'm talking about. You know, um, I, I've been in a lot of conversations with libertarians that love the philosophy, um, but do you really uh, conversate with people on the ground that are real human beings that have been through some stuff that, you know, may not be your experience, you know, cause I, I've not experienced anybody other's lifestyle other than myself. I have not lived their timeline. I do not know what they have had in their lives as far as their attributes or their um, detriments. So I can't speak for every human being other than myself. Yeah, I mean, one other thing, too, is, you know, life experience is the best teacher. And I think you'll agree with that. Anybody who's ever struggled in their life will tell you that. Um, and that kind of life experience, you you definitely see lacking in, in many people on this planet, or at least, you know, a little bit of common sense. But, um, and that's why I think I've, I've been super excited about traveling the country here recently for, like, different events. Like, uh, people will fly us out to do things, or we'll go to an event, whatever. And being able to experience <clears throat> like people's lives just in different parts of this country, um, not including, you know, the times I've been outside of the country, but yeah, just seeing how different people in different states live because where I'm at is very different from where you're at. Even if the terrain might be the same, you know, life there is different. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah. Being, yeah, being able to travel and meet people and, and just have these new experiences. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a huge, uh, just jackpot of you know experience and knowledge and stuff well it's an experience that gives you wisdom to know that uh you you haven't experienced everything in life now i've been a man that's been on the travel for uh knowledge in every aspect of life i could come by whether it's being a gangster on the streets or being a farmer out in the rural country and trying to just be as uh, um minimalist as possible now i really hate labels titles and categories because i think that if we look at each other as you know um a white uh veteran from down south who's i i think your stature is like what over six foot two and you know your big gun toting you know guy from tennessee right so the person the impression that you get or the paint the the picture that you paint of an individual cannot be what that individual is until there's an actual human interaction, whether it be uh, via a podcast or via uh, an interaction where you watch them express themselves more naturally than trying to play a facade. Because I think that's one thing that uh, human beings are trying to do right now is they put on a facade to say, this is what I'm going to express myself to the outside world, but don't let my inner demons or anything get exposed because then... You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not that person anymore, you know, and uh, I'm an individual. I, I have nothing to hide. I do not give a shit what anybody thinks of me or wants to judge me. I can use the label as a felon or the label as a, a veteran, the label as a Hispanic male or 
the label as this or that, or it doesn't even matter because, you know, that's only going to separate me from other human beings. You know, um, our ideologies don't always have to be the same as far as our religion or our backgrounds, you know. So when it comes to like uh, we're getting down to the bread and butter of survival in the United States, again, as I think as a human aspect that we've had all this abundance and now uh, inflation is going to kick everybody in the ass and be like, OK, well, now all that uh, material wealth that everybody loves to clamor on as their successful being as a consumer. Um, wh where are we at now when it comes to the real bread and butter of uh, food, water, shelter, clothing? I mean, <clears throat> like you're talking about, like, it's like, where are we at as far as people being able to get it or where are we going with it? Where, where are we going with it? Because I think that uh, human strife built, you know, they say that hard times build strong men. And strong men builds uh, easy times, which then builds uh, strife that then again has to build strong men again from because those men that grow up in those great times are considered weak. Now, I think that we're moving on to, into the next phase where the weak men are now going to create hard times and then we're going to make strong men again. I would say we've already been in the, the phase where weak men uh, create hard times because I mean, if you think about it, the United, <clears throat> excuse me, the United States has been uber pro, uh, prosperous for the last, what? 100 years? Uh, uh, well, I'd say even like the more so in the last 75 to 60. Because, um, I mean, if you think about it, we had massive economic growth uh, post-World uh, War II and during World War II, my, uh, matter of fact. And we've seen all these industries pop up and all this growth. And it's kind of carried us along uh, like wind in a sail um up until now but eventually you know that that hard work that was done back then isn't going to keep just you know carrying us it's, we're, we're not going to keep coasting um so we're going to see people that are going to learn new skill sets we, we're, oh, we're kind yeah. of seeing that now where people are having to learn to do jobs that they wouldn't have done 10 years ago like yep. uh we're seeing a lot of um you know uh middle-aged men and women moving into like um cashier jobs at grocery stores and stuff and then what we see a lot of people doing too is they're, you know, the, I guess I would call them the softer people. Um, but we're seeing them refusing to work because they're not making an extra 10, $20 an hour uh, before COVID. And now, you know, there are a lot of them refusing to go back to work or the pay or whatever. But yeah, I think everybody's going to have to learn or die coming up soon. I think, I think we're, honestly, I would say we're probably about 10, 10 years away from, total collapse in the united states because we're, we're getting ready to watch and mark my words you can mark the date it's uh 4 13 2022 uh i would say within within three to four months we will see a massive collapse in the uh the housing market oh we, yes and, i can't I mean, wait for it because i i'm, I'm actually uh, <laughs> gonna sell a house here shortly and then i'm looking to actually purchase because off the sale of that one house i'll be able to eliminate all financial uh debt to any borrower from my entire lifetime. So I'm actually looking forward to that financially because it's kind of funny that, um, but that's my own personal aspect as far as where I place myself in my lifetime. Um, I've never been a big borrower as far as like had credit lines or anything like that. I think the financial institutions um, didn't base themselves off of uh, truth or um, any kind of real basis on tangible assets. 
And I think that's one thing that's lost, especially in business, because everything is done via purchase order. And then it's on a credit line to where you either pay 30 days out, 60 days out or 90 days out, usually, depending Mm -hmm. on what industry you're in. So, I mean, everybody has become accustomed to this line of credit kind of thing, you know, and I, 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 I. It's really, really hard for me to grasp that because I can't catch a line of credit of food um, for my stomach to say, hey, man, can I can I get six months worth of food ahead of time? Just because, well, now when you talk about socialism and my mindset goes to, okay, well, you are only allotted 1,750 calories a day per human being, no matter what weight, size or anything that you are, because that's the standard we set as far as minimum nutrition. So, I mean, when... When we talk about these uh, ideologies or these different political platforms, um, I think a lot of people take their personal situations and try to attach themselves to whatever ideology is going to personally benefit them uh, more quickly in their mind. And then I think that uh, people want to grasp on to someone else taking the responsibility of their own human, uh, their own human essence. They, they don't want to take responsibility for their own actions because they're, they don't want to have any accountability. for. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. We got disconnected somehow. I didn't push the end button or anything like that. So uh, maybe it's the uh, Department of Homeland Security, NSA, <laughs> FBI, whoever. Maybe it's Elon Musk. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying something that somebody doesn't want to hear. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that people... Um, are just uh, gonna gonna find out that uh, real tangible assets are probably better than uh, any kind of uh, fiat currency or anything like that. And you well, know, one, I think one thing that people need to keep in mind too is when you talk about tangible assets, it doesn't need to just be tangible assets. Like skills, especially moving forward when things go bad, it's skill having a good skill set is going to be fantastic. Like being able to work on cars or you know, build buildings, stuff like that. It's going to be super, uh, it's going to be, it's skills are going to be more, almost more valuable than gold at, at some point. He said, so, well, cause you can always barter or trade with an individual to make them, uh, to make yourself, uh, get a good, a resource because you will always be able to provide a good, a resource, no matter if you're a plumber or a concrete guy or whatever, or maybe you have the equipment, you know, having having uh, skill sets is, is something that is probably the best tangible asset that anybody had during the Great Depression, because you could always move to a new situation just as long as you had the mindset that your body could provide via a skill one way or another. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. And the other thing is, too, is the more skills, you know, the less you have to pay someone else to do, too. And like I said, I think we were talking about before. Uh, the great collapse of the, the anchor. Um, but uh, I think, I think we will see the housing market tank. And I think it'll have a combination of um, coming out of COVID lockdowns. People are still kind of reeling from the financial hit of all that. Yep. And I think we're just going to see, you know, where they've been doing subprime mortgages again, you know, they've been given fucking houses and loans to anybody just because of COVID. I think, I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's primed and ready. It's already slingshotted up and it's starting to come back down. And when it happens, it's going to kill, it's going to kill the entire economy again. Yep. 
Well, and the thing is, is that when you have uh, federal government-backed loans, you know, I mean, what's backing those loans up? They're backed up by bonds. Well, what backs up those bonds is, you know, uh, uh, it's literally probably birth certificates, but uh, we can talk about that another time, is that it's, it, it, it's, 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 there's the guarantee that the United States will always be able to pay their debts. And that's why the Federal Reserve as a private entity can print as many endless dollars as they want. But we can all see, I, I, I love the picture of like Floyd Mayweather Jr. with all the $100 bills on the glass table. And it, I, I want to make a meme of it that says bread or milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, the government backed anything is horrible. Like, so one thing I'll talk about, because <clears throat> it's in the news right now, um government-backed student loans, what a lot of people don't realize about student loans that are, you know, like uh, FAFSA loans. Um, well, not FAFSA loans. These would be, yeah, I mean, they would technically be FAFSA loans, I guess. But what a lot of people don't realize is, let's say you go to school for eight years, but you can't get your license because you end up getting a DUI and killing somebody, whatever. Anyway, something stupid. Right. Well, I guess I guess killing someone's not stupid, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, you go through school on a FAFSA loan, you can't uh, you can't close it out and get rid of it in bankruptcy no. because it is backed by federal government. So people are taking out tens of thousands of dollars in these student loans and they can't get rid of them. So they're stuck with them. Well, who does that benefit? The banks. It, 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 the banks, there's only a couple of uh, companies that are approved to do those FAFSA student loans. And it's just it's bad, man. It's it's. Well, I, when I was going through uh, school and you'd have uh, the students that would get the, they'd be in school for like the first three weeks and then the loans would hit, the payments would hit, and then boom, you'd it's see out. people disappear. Like, oh, like it's free money. Like, oh, shit, I can get like 13 grand right quick. Boom, 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 boom. Out the door, especially when it's summertime. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a facade. You know, mm -hmm. it's a false sense of security that says that this piece of paper is going to guarantee me anything, you know, and I have a problem with that because, uh, you know, I'm a technician. I work on big, heavy truck. I think you're a technician and you work on uh, vehicles of your auto mechanic, right? Yeah, I, well, I was. I was turning wrenches up until about four months ago and I've moved up front. So I'm a service rider now on track to, to hit management here soon, hopefully so. Okay. Okay. So you understand that, you know, um, we have a, uh, loan payment system with our tool vendors yep. that provide us, you know, and some of the tool vendors, depending on their credit history, will say, um, well, if you buy $800 worth of product from me, I need that product paid for within two, three months, or mm -hmm. maybe it's four to six weeks, or maybe it's three to six weeks, depending on your vendor. So, I mean, it, it, it's again, it's the PO system of it's a promise to provide a service in order to get payment. And when and I, I hate the auto and heavy truck industry because it's always been the industry that somebody can negotiate for. Uh, a technician cannot negotiate for their own uh, wages outside of median pay limits. Um, I've ran into that multiple times. I, I recently received a, a Indeed email for forty to sixty dollars an hour for heavy duty mechanic in uh, Colorado. You know, and mm -hmm. when people want to bring up those kind of numbers, 
especially when $76,000 a year is median pay for a heavy duty technician that has moderate skill sets or even a master skill set because that's top dollar in most, uh, most states. But I mean, it's, it's like, you know, people don't quite understand that, uh, some of the tools, you know, cost five to 15 to $2,000 a piece, you know, and that's an individual, uh, investment so that you have an asset to provide for other people. It's not, it's, and, and then, uh, people always ask you, well, why do you spend so much money in tools? And it's like, well, if I can make you do your job faster and safer, would you, would you spend the money to do that? Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is people don't really realize what goes into a product. You know, where I'm a service writer now, I talk to customers every day and they're like, Oh, well, why the hell is the labor this high or it's this high, whatever. And you're not, and the way I explain it to people is you're not paying for the actual time. What you're paying for is the, the knowledge that that technician has to do the job faster than what they say it should be done. That way you get back on the road faster. My, my technicians make more money, but, um, and it's so like skilled trades, once again, you know, it, you're paid for your knowledge more so than you are your time. Yes. Um, Cause the faster you do these things, the you know, the more you make and, and you know, you know about that, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, the other day, snap on guy come by and, uh, I, I needed a 40 ounce hammer for stuff I've been needing it for. And, um, hey, God dang, I think I think it ended up being like what three hundred and something dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell people I bought like a three hundred and forty dollar hat, but it come with a cool fucking hammer. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, when you talk even the updates on the software systems, because you know, like I have a Snap On Pro Link HD, so it it it's like a thousand dollars per program on it so mm-hmm. if you were to build the tool completely from jump street it's like fifteen thousand dollars for this tool and then you have to pay for the update every single year so it's fifteen thousand dollars a year and people don't understand like well why does it cost so much to scan my vehicle and it's like do you know do you understand how many modules are on your vehicle yeah yeah i mean it's it, it is it's annoying um for the comfort but, and your safety to be an idiot and not pay attention to anything on the road, that's why it costs so much. Because you have safety sensors that say, oh, well, I'm texting, but oh, I'm a, I'm lane deviation. So something's going to tell me, hey, stop being a fucking idiot and pay attention to what you're doing. Or, you know, automatic lights because we don't even, we're, we're, we're simpleton enough now, we're programmed enough now to where we don't even want to turn our headlights on because we know we can visually see that it is dark outside and I must have illumination to see down the road. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, people just, it, it's funny. It, it, it's dumbed down um, operators of uh, instruments that probably they shouldn't be operating because it, it's, it's to modern convenience and the abundance of modern convenience, which will be the detriment of man, I think. Yeah, I've actually talked about that a lot here recently, and I've been kind of looking at the world around us. Like, I've, I, the number of people that would probably stroke out and die if you shut off cell phone towers is going to be high. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like 60% of the population just dies from losing cell phone access. Oh my God, I can't, um, I can't go on Twitter. I, I can't Snapchat. I can't, I can't yeah. find my girlfriend. Where is she? Oh my God, where? <laughs> so, I mean, and, 
whether whether you believe that the government, you know, we're going to fight our own government or it's an uh, an outside threat, whatever you believe it is, the first thing that always gets destroyed, even if it's like uh, natural disasters, like the first thing that almost always gets destroyed is communication uh, lines, whether it's buried or cellular, whatever. That it seems like it's always the worst thing that gets hit, and then you know. Um, but but when communications go down, you got to learn to do it without it. And that's why it's important to learn other skills, such as being a ham op- radio operator, um, learning to fucking do smoke signals, something, just having some <laughs> other way to communicate. Well, is, shit, is, it, it, yeah. can you walk more than 10 feet without being out of breath? Holy shit. All right, rant time. <laughs> so, can you walk to your neighbor's house without actually being like, ah. <sighs> <sighs> Holy fuck, man! That's a long fucking ways. So what? My so thing a lot too is like all these people saying, "Oh, how they're gonna you know do this and do that? They're gonna overthrow the government and all this." But you look at them and you know that there's no fucking way they're gonna put a hundred some pounds of gear on them and go march. Like the furthest they will go is to the end of the fucking driveway, put their shit down and surrender. I mean, it's yeah. Fucking personal fitness is a massive thing that people need to get back into. Like Correct. the oh god, because it if you can't take care of yourself, what, how do you expect me to believe that you can take care of anything else in your life? Exactly, I mean, and uh, that is one of the funniest things when you look at health care workers right now when they when they're in their fucking uh, their fucking scrubs and they're busting out the seams talking about how you're unhealthy, and you look at them and go, okay, well. I'm five foot eight, but I may be 200 pounds, but, um, I guarantee you that, uh, my 200 pounds of what I am versus your 200 pounds of what you are, there is no comparison to the two physiques. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. <clears throat> like one thing, uh, it made me physically ill to see, but they have, uh, apparently there's like something going around where people are, they have these cards that say that. My my weight has nothing to do with my health because it's just trying to normalize being a fat fuck. And, well, uh, I mean, it, and then you're fat shaming somebody or doing this or that because somebody you perceive is unhealthy and you want to give them advice to try and help them, but they're an individual. So how do you help those people? Yeah. Um. I mean, realistically, it's just educating people on being healthy. Um, I don't think there should ever be a regulation on what kind of food you can eat or whatever, but uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think it's a big part of, and it kind of kind of carries into another conversation too, right? About like uh, one party healthcare, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why should I pay for your healthcare yeah. when you're uh, six hundred pounds and you're featured on this TV talk show that just paid you forty thousand dollars so that they can do a videography of you getting uh I don't know what the surgery is called where they shrink your stomach, but you know, you're being filmed for having this surgery done to you on television. Yeah. And I'm supposed to pay for your health care, but you can't even get off your own couch or out of your own bed or wipe your own ass. Sorry for, for that kind of visual, but I mean, seriously, and one of the people that is a big touter of this is I think uh, on the podcasting scheme world is probably Joe Rogan. And uh, like uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. And where do you find your own individual health standard? Because it is not the medical standard that's being presented to us, you know, because 
like I said, their their health standard says I'm obese. But yeah. I mean, I I, I wouldn't know be be obese if anybody looked at me in a face to face conversation. You wouldn't say that I was obese. But you know, where where's your own individual health standard? We do we we all do not eat all the same. Nutrition is not going to be the same for anybody. You know, so are you going to perform the experiment on yourself, or are you going to have security and someone else performing the experiment on you, so that you can have what it will be I, uh, idealized nutritional standards for yourself because who's going to pay for the testing who wants to participate in the testing you know where is the heritage knowledge for food standards that you're from versus where somebody else is from you know there's there's all these variables in human life that people really don't i think consider but i mean yet again i'm a lunatic so what the fuck do i know <laughs> yeah uh... And I'm not one of those people, like, right, like, I, I, I don't think that everyone should, you know, be in, like, the tippy-top health, uh, you know, like, nut or whatever. But, when yeah, like you were talking about earlier, you know, these people that are so big that they can't, um, they can't get off their couch or whatever, that's, that's, I mean, that's intentionally unhealthy, right? Like, that's that's got to be a, like a conscious choice. You can't just say, oh, I have an addiction to food. Like, technically, we all have an addiction to food. Uh, it keeps us alive. Um, Correct. But, but I mean, I just, I, I don't, like, it has to be a, either a self-conscious decision that they're going to say, I'm just going to eat and not do shit. Or even scarier is that we've normalized it so much that it's not a problem like that. Some people will just say, Oh, well, you know, it's fine. You just, you can be 600 pounds, which then I just, I just, we should look out for each other. And that includes their health. Like you, you should be pushing your friends and your family to be healthier. Not, not only because that'll make their healthcare cheaper, but they live longer. Well, so, I mean, and I, just, I think that people don't understand where this cost comes in for, well, why do I got to pay this for this? It's because you pay, you know, a, a 99 cents for the McValue menu. Mm -hmm. It's because you're, and because you pay that cost there, your healthcare on the opposite end is this much. Yeah. And I think it's That's... a system within a system, within a system, within a system that has been constructed for capitalism. It's also been constructed for hand in glove capitalist uh, for uh, closing down competition with government. And why we have these multi-billion dollar corporations that produce a shit product. They know it's a shit product, but that's okay. But if anybody else is producing a shit product on the other end, well, that's not okay. And I think that's where um, this, this we, we, we've come accustomed to this, well, I have everything that I want. Well, what do I really fucking need in my life? What do I need? You know, there there's so much abundance in the country that what do you really need? And I think that um, we don't have to go down to the Taoist monk or anything like that or a Shaolin monk to where, you know, you don't you don't need anything but your shelter, food, water and clothing. I don't think we need to go that far. And we can still have luxury in this life. But, you know, in this country, what why d does anybody want to strive for what they want? Because it. It is a need now, a need for a certain brand of clothing or shoe or a car or housing units or size of housing units or whatever it may be. Why is that now a need instead of a want? 
I think it kind of ties it back around to the conversation we were having earlier about uh, weak men creating hard times. When when your biggest concern in life is what kind of shoes you're going to wear, that's that's how you know we're breeding soft people. Like I know people that care more about their shoes than they do about anything else in this fucking world, which is, I mean, do you, but that's like when, when a society has reached its pinnacle and it starts its downcline, a decline, I think we're there. I think we're, we're getting ready to hit this this decline and we're going to see some bad shit happen. I mean, it's people, when, when people care more about what's going on with like some reality TV show than what's going on in their neighborhood, Correct. I mean, we're it, you see you see communities falling apart all across this country, but yet as long as they've got something good to go watch when they get home from work, and they'll say, "Oh, well, I can't help with this charity or that charity because I don't have enough time." But correct, they'll sit there and watch fucking six hours of the fucking Emmys or whatever, some dumb shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's and I think it's all systemic. I think it's all planned to keep. Um, uh, keep people docile like if they have it easy enough i talk about this a lot too holy shit but if if you create a life that is so easy living that it's it makes so many soft people i think that's why we're seeing the government being far do whatever the fuck they want they do whatever yeah. the fuck they want because they're nobody's being, paying attention yeah well they're being ballsier too because i think they've they've really been pushing the envelope here recently with like covid mandates like were they able to just shut shit down because they felt oh, like yeah. it with that I, I, they basically did the long con and they've won um for many many americans because i mean uh, shit. there it's 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 almost there though dude it's not quite there yet because you and I can have a conversation through a podcast right right now mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm former military, you're former military. I guarantee you know at least 10, 15 people that you can probably touch with a phone call. Um, what y'all talking about a night op? And um, uh, do you know people that are in this state, this state, this state, this state, this state, this state, this state? And um, what kind of weapons can you accumulate in this time frame and say, okay, well now... Where where are the operators of the Federal Reserve? Where do they live? Where are the operators of these fucking functions that we call government? You know, and I think that's what the government's really afraid of is individuals that have the training that the government gave us to say that, well, we're going to make a call one day and just say, nah, this is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. yeah but the thing true, is, is, that is, it, that is, that's why they've tried to take firearms or classifications of firearms or what someone interprets interprets as a firearm what's a ghost gun versus what is this and uh before we got online i said google uh the definition of a firearm in wisconsin and on google it will actually give you the statue that used to say it's a projectile that is propelled by an explosion but if you actually go to wisconsinstatelegislation.gov and look at the statue that used to be there, it no longer exists. So am I as a felon, I, I, I cannot possess firearms, quote unquote. So what is a firearm now? If there is no fucking definition anymore in this state. When did that change? I have no idea. I found out about it. I've been asking everybody that I can talk to in politics about it. I, I, I can't get a concrete date. 
or anything like that of when that actually changed in the Wisconsin State Legislature. And it's fucking bizarre to me. Yeah, because if it's, if it's happened recent, what they might be getting ready to do is trying to, to make it more vague. So they'll more what we've seen some states trying to do on some firearm legislation is redefine a firearm as any kind of device designed to push out a projectile, essentially. Right. Um, so without the explosion part, because what Correct. we're seeing hit the market now are rail guns, handheld rail guns. And for anyone who doesn't understand, a rail gun is basically a long tube that has electromagnets running down it uh, or one central one in the back that is designed to push metal objects out. And they make like, they make a hand, uh, handheld one as, you know, as battery charged, whatever. And um, have you seen pneumatically charged rifles? Yep. Those, those pneumatically charged rifles, uh, you can get them for like crossbows and shit too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they're fucking dope. Uh, uh, 3000 pounds per square inch shooting out of 50, uh, mil- uh, what is it? A- <laughs> A 50 caliber round at a minimal distance, maybe it's 50, 70 yards and just disintegrating a cinder block. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like some of the stuff they're coming out with now is crazy. So I think they're getting like, we've been seeing some states trying to change this verbiage so they can go after more people for more dumb shit. But yeah, gun legislation is getting, they're trying to get super crafty with it. Now they've realized that they've gone as far as a lot of Americans will let them. So we're seeing some states uh, try to be real sly with how they're changing stuff. Well, and I, I've looked at criminal codes across the United States. And I, you know what I'm coming to find out? That no matter what it is, everything is fucking illegal. Yeah, pretty much. Everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you are outside of having missionary sex with your wife, outside of on Sunday, that you could go to jail. In some states, mm-hmm. it's fucking nuts that none of this, none of the, none of these codes of conduct, right? When you, when you were in the military, you had a code of conduct, right? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 this is how you conduct yourself in uniform. Well, in the, there is no code of conduct to be a human being in society unless there's laws. Well, these laws have become so ridiculous that it, nothing has been retracted to reconstruct how society has developed. So now, what are we actually doing with all of this uh, new legislation as far as, well, if a hate crime is committed about from an Asian person at this time of day in this demographic area, then, then it's considered a hate crime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, when does, when does the law become so specific that it's become ridiculous? Murder, still oh. murder. Rape, still rape. When do, when do, we, when, when do we get out of this... Uh, uh, matrix of language that is ridiculous that it it just separates humans as far as how they treat each other on a daily basis in society versus if somebody actually does wrong or violence to an individual uh i think i'm trying to unpack all that so i guess what we really need to see is number one so here's what we'll see. We'll see the laws get more vague for stuff that they want to ban so they can ban more stuff with one bill. But the reason they make criminal charges so incredibly specific is that they can target different groups of people with different laws. So um, 
if you and know, remember there's enhancers on top of that so if yeah. it's one on top a, of the other firearm or yeah yep yeah, yeah. so um yeah so like if you look at how <clears throat> different drugs are scheduled different drugs are that that are different that are that are more prevalent in different communities actually have different uh penalties that go with them so it's just an example of how they do they do this really specific targeting um yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's it's just bad. like an individual I mean, that gets arrested, put gets charged with the crime, put on probation, or whatever penalty that, or they do Huber, or they actually go to jail for a period and then on probation or parole. And then, uh, the, the officer that was the actually arresting officer or whoever's a part of that team, um, will try and target that individual for more charges. And it, one thing I always told my probation officers is you will never see me again ever the very i would give people advice if you ever get sentenced to a county always transfer to a new county off of your sentence and then move again and move it back to another county and keep the counties jumping of where you are do it the legal way just say i'm moving i'm putting a request in i don't have a probation officer yet um this 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 situation really wasn't working out. I'm moving here now, and keep them guessing, because it's like they're never their paperwork will never catch up to where you really are, and then mm-hmm. they can never assign somebody to supervise you. That's just my own personal uh, information from being on probation for felony charges to say, hey, you know what? Just just keep transferring your shit around and move around <clears throat> and change your address, bro, because. Then they can never put somebody on you to actually get you to come into the office. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but so to kind of tie the the targeted uh, legislation back into guns, we're seeing we're seeing the ATF do shit that we would never have imagined they would do hell seventy years ago, but. We're seeing them actually shift the definition of a lot of things like you've seen in your state um, mm-hmm. to make different things illegal. So what one thing that's coming down the pipe now, I believe it starts the first of next month, is that uh, stabilizing braces will be illegal on uh, AR pistols. For what reason, I don't know. Um, I think they had made the determination that they're more deadly if you can accurately shoot the firearm, which is fucking stupid. Because if you want to, if you want to see get more people die from firearms, um, you you definitely want to take away their accuracy. I mean, just negligent discharges are killing people all the time. And that's probably one of the highest uh, statistics of uh, firearms is. Uh, uh, non intentional fire of the. Yeah. Of, accidental discharge of the weapon that's the probably the highest statistic of death associated with firearms is accidental discharge so i i don't think people quite understand that firearms are um if you were to go back to the wild wild west days that uh, colt made every man equal you know god every man god made man but uh, colt made every man equal because it didn't matter if you were two feet tall or uh, seven feet tall, a firearm was like, okay, so who has the willingness to pull the trigger? Now, in today's day and age, the problem is is that every, uh, I would say that there's a lot of people, not every, I would say there's a lot of people 
that don't have a problem pulling the trigger. Because we have multiple, multiple cases of murder across the country every single day with everyday citizens over pennies on the dollar when you really look at it. But then if you are a law-abiding citizen that can no longer own a firearm, you know, what are you, what are you supposed to do against somebody that doesn't care about the law? Well, so, that's the thing is you can't, right? Right. Because how, how, I mean, how many years has murder been illegal in the United States? Uh, Correct. Almost 300 years. I've so, never seen a piece of paper save anybody's life. Yeah. Um, and that's, firearms are that, that defense for everyone. Like you were saying, uh, God, God made us special, but Samuel Colt made us equals. Um, it's, it's a fucking amazing quote. And I love it. Um, because if you want, if you want equality in your community, arm everyone, see how fast crime goes down. Um, it's just, yeah. I, so one thing I did want to touch on, I found a Pew research poll on a uh, gun deaths in the United States in 2020. So suicide made up uh, 54%, which was the majority. Um, and it's, yeah, we, <clears throat> I think that, su- that suicide number is not typically that high. 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people. And we've seen suicide skyrocket, but um yeah, so, it, but the point is to be made is that the majority of gun deaths are not murder. It's not armed robbery or um, whatever. It's so, the glorified portion of it is what is being presented to the public. Yes. It's not the reality. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, they talk about like a, a gun epidemic in the United States. We don't have a gun epidemic. We just have an idiot epidemic. So the solution is to be armed. Like I carry it at work. 100%. I mean, the company I work for is like, no, you're not going to do that. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. If you can't see it, I, you know, it's, it don't matter. But it, you never know when you'll need it. And that's the crazy thing is we, uh, for example, I was, uh, I wasn't, but I was at work one day and got this news story that come across in the local paper that this, this bus driver went to go shoot up his ex-wife at the, the hair salon she worked at. And so the dude only made it in to the front door, shot the secretary, and uh, some dude in the waiting room just stood up and dropped his ass one shot. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, who would think that somebody shoot up a doctor's office, right? So I mean, it's uh, yeah. You remember the story about the guy, uh, the person that carried a weapon in church and dropped a shooter in church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, down Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a beautiful fucking shot. Holy and it's all shit. on video. It's all oh, on video. Amazing. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you have people that are skilled with a firearm and don't have a hesitation when it comes to human life. And uh, is, is is there somebody being detrimental to other human beings? So I, who who is it as far as public policy to say what is right or wrong when a person actually does that? You know, so because here's the crazy morality thing. is the key because it, it, it's like your moral standard may not uh, be the same as mine. And I, and I think that we when we talk about moral standard, it, it's like, OK, so a lot of people think that hurting another individual in any physical form is morally wrong. Uh, hurting another individual for protection of another human being may be morally wrong. I, you know, so it's like. Well, could you kneecap somebody versus uh, double tapping them to the chest? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's like when you're in that in, in that reality of that uh, you have a, a, a 500 millisecond nanosecond to make a reaction and decision, and then ex- and then express that decision. It's like, no, nah, fuck that. That person's getting dropped. Period. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the other thing too is we've seen that uh, states don't correctly legislate morality because how how the fuck do you legislate morality? Um, but like in in uh, a neighboring state of mine is Virginia, they actually don't have a law that allows you to uh, defend someone else's life. So they have like this retreat method. You have to like retreat as far into a building as you can before you can <laughs> discharge on them. Um, like, or what like, the fuck to, is that though? Yeah, you have to make a good faith effort that you try to retreat from the situation, which is fucking stupid. Like if someone kicks your door in. Um, and you put about fucking six shells of buckshot in their fucking chest. Right. You, you, you fucked up, kid. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you were not expected. You decided to enter my door unwelcome. I was not standing at the door, but something met you at the door that ran faster than I did. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It, 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 it's the same scenario as that. It, when you talk about three uh, three letter agencies also. You know, with no-knock warrants and stuff like that where people are being killed when they actually do have a legal firearm. Mm-hmm. And then the state kills them. Mm-hmm. Whether the state yeah. is associated with the local government or the, the federal government, it doesn't matter. The, the agencies kill that individual. Because there's fear involved when a person can actually protect their, their, their sovereign right and their dwelling. Well, see, here's the cool thing is there are a lot of states with some awesome gun laws, like my home state, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee actually has a piece of legislation called a castle doctrine. And the way a castle doctrine works, for anyone who doesn't know, um, basically defines like your home as your castle and therefore you have a right to defend it. Um, So like if someone comes onto your property and is hostile, you have the right to defend yourself through castle doctrine. The thing that makes Tennessee fairly unique is that they extend the castle doctrine to your vehicle. Oh, so, really? So, yeah. Okay. So, with castle doctrine, I can drive my truck to the pickup line at my kid's school, pick him up, and have whatever gun I want to in the vehicle as long as I don't leave the vehicle. That's legal. In most states, that's a felony. And, and and see Wisconsin some has uh, Wisconsin has some of the harshest laws when it comes to guns and cannabis and drugs in general. Um, very Republican state in general, but also a very uh, Democratic state. But it's kind of funny when you go to the major metropolitan areas of the city of Wisconsin. There's a lot of people that circumvent the state that has been applied by their own uh, impression of their voting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you look at Milwaukee, you look at Madison, you look at all those areas, and they're shitholes because Democrats say that, oh, well, we're going to provide everything for you. You no longer have to have any part in your own individual sovereignty and your decision-making. We will take care of everything for you. And then you have the situation, what's going on down there. And then you have individuals that are very uh, libertarian-minded, but will call themselves Republicans, but they'll also circumvent Republican policy. So it's like, hey, if you would get rid of all the rhetoric and the bullshit, just let people be free, then we wouldn't have an issue here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh. So, what are the the gun laws in Michigan like? I've never looked into it. I've never been. I, there I don't know about Michigan. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I know Wisconsin. It was, Wisconsin. It's um. So, if you're convicted of a felony, uh, obviously you can no longer possess a firearm. But if you are in the vicinity of a firearm, like if you are pulled over in a vehicle that has a firearm in it and you didn't even know it was there, you can be charged with possession of a firearm in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's common in most states, though. And then uh, you can also be, uh, even if you're at work Mm. and there's a firearm on the premises, you can be charged with possession of a firearm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's sort of common. It kind of think depends on the situation. I don't think just being in the building with firearms is illegal. It doesn't matter where it is like, in the state of Wisconsin. If if you are around it, you can be charged with it because technically you have access with access to it. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, Tennessee, <laughs> I think I think they have to have like actual proof that it's your firearm or that uh that you had an intent an intent to use someone else's firearm. I think it's just the uh, the access to the firearm in Wisconsin. If you have access to it, yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean the same people who are who are screaming for gun legislation right now, which is ironic because Joe Biden uh, just appointed a new head of the ATF, and they're talking about ghost guns, and magically, magically. There's another mass shooting in Brooklyn that also happened to cover up New York's lieutenant governor getting arrested for campaign yep, for finance bribery. fraud. Yeah, yep, bribery. Yep. But the the same people who are screaming to get rid of guns are also the same ones screaming for equality, which is moronic that they believe the two things are separate. You you can't defend your personal identity, who you are as a person, if you can't defend your life. Which, I mean, everyone everyone owns a gun. Even if you don't physically own a gun, you're renting it to the cop down the road. So mm-hmm. um, I would much rather keep my gun on me to keep me equal with whoever comes to that door versus uh, having to call somebody who may show up in 26 minutes or not. Well, fuck, 26 minutes is maybe a good time frame. It, it may be 60 to 120, maybe... 180 minutes before you get response time from some uh, police precincts. Just depends on where you yep. live yep. and how busy they are and how many, how, what's the qu- quantity and quality of the officer. But yep. we don't, we, we, we don't have peace officers anymore. We have policy officers and that's why they're yep. called police officers. So that's, yeah, why that's, a good pu- point. <laughs> we, that's why they can pull you over. It, when they're bored in a small town because you're doing a half mile over the speed limit and driving a 1995 when you should be driving a 2020. Yep. Well, I yeah, don't know I mean, you, who are you doing? In, what are you doing around these parts? You know, you know shit like that. So yeah. I, I, it, it depends on the individual. That, that That's kind of a good uh, kind of segue into saying this is why it's important that you're more involved in your local community um, far more than you give a shit about federal because the Joe Biden isn't appointing your police chief in your county or in your city or the oh, sheriff or your in sheriff. your county. The yeah, sheriff the is the fucking yeah. guy that everybody needs to really know, the sheriff. But, yeah, well, the sheriff. But the other thing is if you live in a city, the mayor that you vote for or just don't 
vote at all for um, is going to be the one that appoints the next police chief. Well, if you your guy picked a shit uh, chief of police, it's going to be a bad time for everybody. I mean, this is why this stuff is important because 90% of your interaction with government is local government. Like, whether it's county ordinances, city ordinances, um, you know, hell, even state legislation. The majority of your life is oppressed at the local level, and it's easier to fix your local level than it is federal, but too many people would sit there and rather watch uh, uh, Will Smith smash fucking uh, smack uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, yeah. It's fucking Jesus Christ. It's, it's so easy to fix all this, but people are just too lazy, man. I know. Trust me, I know. I, I, I say it a lot. And one of the biggest arguments that I run into is you can't say people are lazy, they're oppressed. And I, and I was like, no, not really. Not in this country. I, you don't live in uh, Libya. You don't live in Somalia. You don't live in uh, Iraq. or in, You don't live in fucking Kuwait or Saudi Arabia or United Arab Emirates or China or Japan or any of these other countries. You live in the United States where pretty much if, if you live here, you can get what the fuck you want. It just depends on how hard you want to work for it. But think people think they're entitled to everything in life. And yeah. that's one thing that I was never told when I was growing up because I was told everything that you ever work for in your entire life can be taken with away from you in an instant. So just be sure to be always on your P's and Q's about your your own personal shit. That's one thing that I was always told about growing up. Be on your P's and Q's about your personal shit. So it is it, it and when you talk about law and being a vet and you swear an oath to the Constitution of the United States and you say that it doesn't matter if it's against any enemy foreign and domestic and then you serve your time out in the military and see what government actually institutes as far as your missions and then you come back home and you look at what the fuck you missed and what the fuck has happened and you're like holy shit Life is fucking weird right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's um, it's. I, I tell people the hardest thing about cycling out of the military into civilian life is being around civilians all the fucking time. Because, like you said, they're grabastic, uh, fucking entitled little pansies. Yeah, but who the fuck are you? And then you're what, gonna tell me who the fuck am I? Like, bitch, yeah. you don't know me. What uh? One thing I have noticed, though, uh, being more on the customer service side of things, millennials actually tend to be the most humble people I deal with on a regular basis. Not because I'm in that like that age group, but like if you really think about it, millennials were the first generation that had seriously hard times, um, and it's the the more elderly people that seem fucking entitled to fucking everything. Had some uh, some six year old lady come in, got mad because we couldn't do an old change. And just went off at me for some just dumb shit. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, I don't think this, this, you know, where people say, oh, it's the so-and-so youngest generation's fault. They're soft or whatever. Man, I just, I think as, as things get worse, we're going to see younger and younger generations have to get, you know, more hard and uh, be ready to deal with stuff. But it's just. Well, business is not as accommodating anymore because you have such a fucking. Uh, 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 rat race fucking run to make money. So you can't accommodate your normal everyday customer that's been coming in the door 30, 40 fucking years because now you are on the back channel because now 
I got people that are coming in here off the road. I got people that are spending, you know, two, three thousand dollars that need their shit fixed right away. Or I got warranty work that is product efficiency that I need to catch up on. I mean, and now with Spark part scheduling and everything else who the fuck knows what's going to happen to the the automotive and the heavy truck industry in the next two three fucking months yeah parts are going to be getting harder to get but i think it's the one thing i'm seeing man is almost every shop nationwide is short on technicians and fucking maintenance tech and shit like that because nobody wants to do those hard jobs anymore i know technicians uh, on the the retail side that make fucking north of a hundred thousand but it's hard work. You go in fucking five days a week and you yeah. throw your entire body into it. Every joint you got, every muscle group, because by the end of the day, you're exhausted physically and you get up the next fucking day and you do it again. Yeah. But you make 100000 a year. Now, granted, fucking 60 grand of that's going to the snap-on guy. But <laughs> <laughs> And the other 10 is going to your local bar or your fucking drug dealer. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, but to to sacrifice yourself for the service of others, I think that's one thing that people don't understand about technicians as well. Yeah, because uh, your your technician holds your life in their hands. Yeah, um, you fuck up a brake job, but guess what? You might have started going sixty, but it's going to take you a while to slow down, or if you hit something, slow down a little faster. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because. Like you, you fuck up one thing, and someone could end up stranded somewhere, or just their car could crash. Man, it's just there's so much to it, and people act like it's no big fucking deal, and they like they treat mechanics like we're like second class. Your dog shit, yeah, your dog shit. The the amount of work that goes into understanding how a pulse width uh, modulated fuel injection system operates, it's it's a lot of knowledge, and it's. I mean, you have to be smarter than the engineer that made the damn thing half the time. Yeah, and you got to willing to pay three thousand dollars for a lab scope and be mm. able to be able to hook it up. And uh, maybe I need one scope on one end of the two channels, and then I need the scope on the other end of the channels to make sure that my module is sending the correct signal and that my uh, instrument that is receiving that signal is putting out what is needed, whether it be now a blower motor. It's not just one, two, three, four through a simple resistor anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that blower motor sends a heartbeat back as far as how many RPMs is that blow motor spinning to the HVAC controller. And then the HVAC controller says, and that's when you get the, well, I want to control my speed to this increment on a yeah. dial versus one, two, three, four. Okay. Well, it's like one thing we came across <laughs> the other day that was insane is a Mitsubishi Outlander is a 2018 Mits Outlander, and uh, the the car we we uh, helped a technician diagnose it, but the car. So as you would accelerate, you'd hit 35 mile an hour, and it would shut off. The AC would just quit, and the pressures were right. It wasn't backed up. Nothing. Freon levels are good. And so we were watching as you hit a certain threshold, the ECM was cutting the AC off because it was acting as if uh, the motor didn't have enough power. It wasn't a miss. The transmission was fine. Um, but it was acting as if the car had no power. So the the, the brains of the uh, of the car is just shutting it off because it's like, oh, fuck, uh, we're, we're struggling. Kill the non-necessities. And that's... 
that that's not like an easy diagnosis, right? Like you're not gonna watch a fucking YouTube video and find that shit. Um, <laughs> like that's it, that. It, it that getting to that point takes a lot of work. There's a lot of science, a lot of understanding on how cars operate to get to that level. And uh, mm. just yeah, people just act like it's oh well, it's just brakes. Why is it a hundred bucks? Well, your sensors and your brake pads told me that, or told you that you needed to come here for a brake job, right? Mm-hmm. Well, to have that knowledge go to you because you don't pay attention to what's going on with your own vehicle, and you don't have to because this is what you pay for. That's why it's that expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... They, they like the luxury. They just don't want to know why they get that luxury. It's just like with people with the... Well, an F-150 Platinum is hundred or it's $90,000 with all the options. But I can go to a commercial truck dealership for seventy five and go buy me an F-750 fully loaded pro loader with a gas engine in it and a pickup bed on it. The only difference is the loan structure is that one's a commercial vehicle for a four-year loan. The other one is a, uh, a residential vehicle that can be ran to uh, 84 months. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I actually, it blew my mind. So we had a lady, she had a Lexus something or other. It's one of the high-dollar Lexuses. And uh, she was in from, like, South Carolina or something. I can't remember. But um, I called her and said, hey, we're going to have to press the brakes on this thing Monday morning because nobody's got them. we got to call the dealer and all this shit. And the rotors, no shit, were $600 a piece. Yep. No fucking shit. And I called the lady. I told her. She said, wow, that's a lot. Well, when you buy a car like this, you got to expect to pay the money when it breaks down. So let's go ahead and do it. And I was like, oh, damn, like six hundred dollars a road. That's twelve hundred bucks, and that's not even labor. <laughs> nope. And that's not markup either. I mean, that's just you're like, holy fuck! I can't mark this up that much. You know, whether you're running your business off a curb or whatever else, because it's like, yeah, twelve hundred bucks just for two flat pieces of fucking metal with mm-hmm. holes in them. Yep. Crazy, and vents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So when have y'all been? I'm gonna ask you this. This will be a mechanic insider talk here. Okay. Have y'all been having issues with electronics a lot here recently uh, in the trucking side of things? Well, uh, not really. We on the truck side, the module manufacturers. Uh, there's not a lot of them. So basically, the ba- the main manufacturer is Continental. Mm-hmm. Check them out. They're the same motherfuckers that make Continental tires and everything out. They make the ECUs for pretty much everybody. Well, I was talking about more of like sensors and stuff. Like it seems like everything we've bought here recently was absolute dog shit. Like, well, I mean, if you talk pack R and uh, putting in fucking uh, harnesses and shit like that, they're all junk. And I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Okay, so uh, uh, Eaton Bus uh, owns uh, uh, Busman. Okay, so Busman makes pretty much all the power distribution centers that are used in automotive applications. And then every wiring harness is made out of Mexico. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have one centralized uh, uh, power distribution uh, center, which is made through 
main corporation is Eaton. Uh, the subcorporation is Busman. But it, 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 it's put in every vehicle. I don't give a mm -hmm. fuck who it is. And then the wiring harnesses are all made in Mexico. I don't care who makes them. But it, it just depends on whose SAE spec is, you know, because Packard uses this connector for their headlights. Uh, Chrysler uses theirs. Ford uses theirs, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, it, they all come from the same suppliers. They're mm -hmm. all fucking junk. Yeah, it's because I know that's how that's that's how basically people are like oh well, I go to Advance to get these pads for my car because they're better than AutoZone, but the joke's on you because brake pads are it's all made the same by people. one of three companies. Yeah, and Correct. they're just selling to different companies to put different prices in different boxes. It's the same thing as batteries. There's only three companies that make batteries in the United States, and two of them are completely yeah. bankrupt. But they're allowed to continue operations being bankrupt because mm -hmm. they're one of three. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, people don't know what, what the, they they have no idea where their their shit comes from. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's a BWD sensor or it's a Delphi sensor. They all come from the same manufacturers. It's all just a piece of fucking plastic wrapped around a magnet that picks up a tone, depending on what the manufacturer says the specification is. So the mm -hmm. gap is this, the rate is that. You know, it's all based on five volt reference system shit. You know, 12 volt DC systems or 24 volt systems. You know, we had uh, a vehicle come into the Peterbilt dealer. It was a cab over 220 and it was a 24 to 12 volt system. The onboard diagnostic system was also a 24 to 12 volt system that you needed an OBD2 diagnostic uh, connector for, which the dealership did not have to plug into this fucking piece of shit. And it was having starting problems. Well, come to find out, you know, on that kind of an electrical system, corrosion plays a motherfucking factor. And, and, and a, one, a simple ground cable that wasn't plugged into the board properly is what caused the whole fucking issue. A, a connector wasn't clipped tight enough into the PDC. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, what's, what's crazy, too, is uh, you know how, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, for your audience, uh, when you buy a car, like when it's brand, brand new, um, software that, updates, the, the, no, the, the battery that's in it, like the, the, the main auxiliary battery that starts the motor and all that is the best battery you will ever have in that car. And the reason being is almost every manufacturer has a deal with, uh, the battery companies <laughs> that supply them that if the, the, if when they go to start a vehicle on the lot, it doesn't start, they're owed like something astronomical, like 10 grand a fucking day that that car is down until they replace that battery. And so they make, they, they've acknowledged it before that they make two different kinds of batteries, brand new car batteries, and then the junk that they push into the market. So it's, it's dude, it's crazy. Well, it's the same thing with shocks. Why would mm -hmm. you have a set of shocks that last 100,000 miles, but then you put an aftermarket set on that last fucking 20? Yep. Yeah, it's just... It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're making the original parts for the original vehicle, and then they're selling you junk afterwards to yep. kind of force Maybe. you into... just Yeah, just to kind of force you into buying a new car, too. I well, guarantee that. Well, it's perpetual purchases if you actually maintain the vehicle. So mm -hmm. you that you know, well, this this... 
$50 shock that I'm buying from whatever vendor, whether it's Spectra or whoever the fuck it is, is only going to last me 20,000 miles. Okay, well, I know if I spend $50 every 20,000 miles plus installation fees that my vehicle suspension will now will be a part. Who's going to spend that? Well, now I need to go buy a new vehicle. This, this, that's economic setup. Yep. Because it all depends on what kind of seals are on the cylinder and all this and that. Because people don't want to spend the time and effort to actually rebuild their own components anymore, which goes back to skill sets. You know, in the military that you used to be able to build, rebuild your own master cylinders, engines, uh, whatever it may be on, on site. Now it's all replacement parts, just like mm-hmm. the, the, the private sector. And yep. it's a joke. You know how the shit operates. Oh, the master cylinder failed. Okay, so I need uh, 20 cents in O-rings. Yeah, but man, do, do you really trust parts like that, though? Like, I mean, if you go to rebuild something, and we know, we both know that the, the likelihood that you will get shit parts is a lot higher than what people All Right, think. well, we don't have but, a guy in, sh- in in shop building the pistons because then yeah. you need a machine shop that has the precision to say that the tolerance is going to be this and that's that's how we manufacture it and that's it. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't know if I trust people's lives with rebuild kits. God dang, I've never seen a good one. But you know, it's just like like a like a piston, for example. Oh, a piston on a uh, on a caliper, right? Yeah. Um fuck. Dude, I don't know that most of this, the guys in my shop I could trust to do it. Like it's 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 something that's just – it's been so long. I've got a guy in the shop who's been a tech for a lot of years, and it's been a long time for him since he's ever seen somebody rebuild one. So, I mean, it's but just... what is it, though, Boot? It, it's a fucking – okay, so you have a casting mm-hmm. with a piston, mm-hmm. and then you have a snap ring, a boot, and then the actual seal that goes on the piston. And whether it's pneumatically operated or hydraulically operated, it's still that, – that piston has to be able to be sealed. It has to be smooth operation in and out so it has to have a minimal lubrication system and that's it yeah and it has to be sealed that's yep. it. that that is it the bore has to be clean the tolerance has to be able to where the seal is not ruptured or anything when the piston is moving in and out and it has to move freely that is it buddy i have i have a trouble i have trouble getting my text to read the entire fucking ticket I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> trust them to rebuild a fucking major component of a break. Can they system. read? Can they? Re- I've had texts come in that they can't read. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you. When when it's every single tech in the entire shop, it's it's fuck. I get up. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a sad wanna... situation that we live in with people that don't want to work, and they don't want to have the actual knowledge to work. And they want everything. Oh well, I just plug it in and it tells me the answer, right? No, that's not how this works. Not even close to it. Yeah, like I have people all the time. They don't want to pay the diagnostic fee. They want someone to scan the code and tell them what's wrong with their car, like it's some magic box that tells them what's wrong with their baby. But um, <laughs> okay, boot. Yeah, I, I got an example for you. I have an F six fifty right now in the shop. It's a two thousand and five. Mm. The customer brought it in. Accelerator pedal position circuit fault. I'm driving this fucking thing around. I can watch the accelerator pedal. The voltage goes from zero to five from full throttle position to zero. And I'm driving this thing around. I don't, and I got my scope on the signal for the five volt reference and the supply voltage. And I have another test light in for ground. 
if I lose ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I'm driving this fucking thing around. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, I have every 5-volt reference signal on the truck, whether it's on the OEM side or the engine side, uh, set a code for 5-volt signal circuit fault. Okay. Get it back to the shop. Rip the OEM harness off. I got rubbed throughs and like 10, 15 points of the harness. I got broken wires. I got this and that. Okay, maybe it's the harness. But then I'll, I may have ECM faults because is the ECM losing voltage as it's trying to tr- transition 12 volts DC? Or do I have a shorted? I know that the fucking harness is fucked because I can see it. But maybe my harness is fucked on the other side. So, I mean, but who wants to pay for that on a vehicle that's almost 20 years old? Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, man. It's uh, nobody appreciates <laughs> skilled labor anymore, but. Well, yeah. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Yeah, like I said, I was glad that uh, we had a good conversation. I thought uh, we would probably have one because uh, there's too many co- more common denominators than anything else. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, but let the people know where they can hear your your uh, podcast. I know you're on YouTube and uh, you're on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. So let the people know where they can find Bootleg Libertarian. Yeah, uh, they can find our shows. On, uh, you can just search Not A Real Libertarian on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. We're actually on a on a week ban right now on YouTube for quote-unquote uh, COVID misinformation. Um, but, yeah, and then you can find us later on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. And then uh, check out the website, notarealpodcast.com. We just partnered up, and we've launched our store for uh, – with the proud libertarian, we, we come up, I come up with a shirt idea for the guy and he come up, he did the design. It's fantastic. Um, but it says, uh, may sunflowers grow on the, the, from the dead, something about dead, uh, dead tyrants. It's such a great show. I want to read it out here. Uh, let's see. Yeah. May sunflowers grow on the graves of tyrants. That's what exactly what it is. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> that sounds fucking cool as shit. I, I need to get me one of them. Uh, yeah, uh, Kelsey Lyons actually did my uh, logo, my new logo for the Lunatic Libertarian with the wolf and the yep. A, and she did a wonderful job. I told her, I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to send you this money, and then you let me know what you can produce for me. And she was like, okay. And mm-hmm. I sent her... I was like, all right, I uh, tried doing her fucking uh, PayPal, but my PayPal wasn't working. I was like, well, fucking Venmo. And she sent me her Venmo information. I sent her the money. I had a logo within 24 hours. I was like, holy shit, on the ball, yeah. on the ball, on the ball. So um, the money talks and bullshit walks also in the libertarian field. So, I mean, um, yeah, proud libertarian. I know he does uh, Thomas Queter's, uh gear. Now mm-hmm. he's doing bootleg libertarian, not a real libertarian gear. Is it specific to not a real libertarian or just bootleg? No, it's just, just not not a real libertarian. Okay, so not literal, not a real libertarian, proud libertarian uh, designs. Uh, check them out. I know I bought a Thomas Queter t-shirt. It's pretty good quality. I know they're uh, doing their thing over there, proud libertarian. So thank you very much, bootleg, for being on the lunatic libertarian uh i gotta trademark and copyright my shit because 
I am a lunatic. I talk to everybody, whether they're uh, a part of the Libertarian Party or a part of the Liberty Movement. I really hate saying that it's a movement, but it's not really a revolution until it really, really gains traction. But remember, people, no matter what community you're a part of or uh, what background you have or what your socioeconomical status is, you have the opportunity in the United States to be whoever you want, no matter what race, color, creed, no matter who you call God, no matter what lifestyle you live, because you are a free person in the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And being free is being happy. I guarantee you that. Thank you, Bootleg Libertarian. I am the Lunatic Libertarian, and we are out. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, bye.